Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of September 21st, 2021, and episode number 492, and this is your host, Dr. Brian D. Parsons, and we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at ParanormalKing.com, and of course, the home of the Paranormal News Insider is ParanewsInsider.com, because... uh, Paranormal News Insider is just too long. So Paranewsinsider.com is your official home. And today is it. It's over after today. Yes, summer is officially done. Tomorrow is the first official day of fall. It's really sad to say that. I didn't really enjoy today uh, too much. Uh, So tomorrow at 321 p.m., so I guess you get a little bit of tomorrow to enjoy. Tomorrow during the day, I suppose. But 3.21 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. It's over. And we officially hit the fall. I think a lot of places have already uh, moved on from summer into fall. I see a lot of people buying apple cider and pumpkin this and pumpkin that. Uh, pumpkin flavored everything. Um, it's So it's here. It's already been here for a while and... Uh, obviously talking about Halloween coming up, even though it's well more than a month out. Uh, but, and I guess not well more now, but it's getting close. Uh, stores are already putting out Christmas, so you, you know it's almost fall when Christmas is coming out, of course. Or is, uh, you know, half a year ahead in retail, seems like. Uh, used to be three months, now it's six months, seems like. But anyway, tonight we've got news from all over the world strange weird and a little scary stuff as well it's uh first story i did for the week uh i lost a little sleepover it's uh, gonna be the last story of the night but uh it's a little nerve-wracking thinking about this I, I couldn't stop thinking about what could come next when we're talking about things so um yeah some some spooky scary about- stuff seems like we're gonna spend a lot of time overseas over the uk uh, at least the first half of um so i see a question here why 3 21 p.m for the fall equinox well it's due to the uh the tilt of the earth and our position in space it's complicated it's complicated it's, it's just basically our position where we're at, uh, our movement around the sun at any given point in time. So we basically break that down into quarters. And it's based on the tilt, based on the distance, um, because obviously it's always warmer in the south for some reason, right? Um, and they're headed into, they're coming out of winter, so they're heading into spring, I think. That's confusing how the seasons are so different. Uh, but now we're tilted away from the sun at this point as we travel around so we stay the earth stays uh, well we're spinning but 
we stay tilted as we go through space. So right now, as we're going around the sun, the northern hemisphere is is now tilted away as we're going around the sun. And winter will continue. And as we head into spring, the northern hemisphere is more pointed more toward the sun, if that makes sense. We're tilted. So then as we go around the summer, it's still that same way. Then we continue around the sun and we point away from it. If that makes any sense? It's kind of hard to explain without visuals. Um, but it's all sciencey stuff. It's pretty neat. It's uh, scary to think about how fast we're spinning in space and how fast the Earth is moving around the sun. It's, it's mind-boggling. I don't want to think about it because uh, then I would hold on to the carpet as hard as I could so I wouldn't go flying off. But it's some pretty neat stuff uh, how it works. Uh, I've never been south of the equator. I really want to go. I'd love to spend a year just to experience the seasons there. I know that sounds weird, but it's just I think it would really mess with your mind to uh, live so many years in the northern hemisphere and get used to seasons happening at a certain time and then all of a sudden flip and be completely you know behind i suppose it's the same anyway going a little philosophical uh tonight i want to talk first about some anomalous notes so some things that are uh basically with uh paranormal conferences conventions i've mentioned I don't know, four or five times about my uh, first live appearance. Of course, not till September, but or October, I should say. But uh, since 2019, I'll be at the Westerville Public Library. I was there last fall for their Halloween program. Uh, generally, these libraries only do one program for Halloween because they, uh, you know, they jam pack everything else with all sorts of uh, basically children's programs. So. Uh, adult programs are um, few and far between, and then these seasonal things sometimes crop up. Uh, but I'll be back this fall at the Westerville Public Library on October 18th, talking about the unexplained cryptozoology, ghosts, UFOs, and more. What are the facts? And that's my 13th consecutive year be 14 appearances overall so i'm excited to be uh, back there again at westerville is northeast of columbus ohio so it's a pretty major area and i believe what is it 80 percent of 80 percent of all people that live in the united states are within a few hours of that area so come on out there's no excuse you're close you're within a six-hour drive come on out uh, you'll have to pre-register, however. It's not that much room. I don't think I could fit a million people. Probably only about 40 or 50, but uh, it's, a, it's a nice big room. High-tech, large screen, a lot of fun. Uh, always very inquisitive people who are uh, very into these uh, programs, so always excited to go there every year. And I've done I've done everything with this. I've talked about cryptozoology the last few years off and on. I started out talking about ghosts for a number of years, and I went into pretty much phases through when I was publishing books, cryptozoology, then UFOs, and then I've kind of gone back to cryptozoology. I did talk a lot about ghosts where, yes, I did share. I'm not a big fan of sharing investigation stuff uh, because to me – uh, most of my investigations are with clients, actual people, not just buildings and abandoned places, because everybody can do that. 
uh, and I don't share a lot of information, but when I do go to uh, these abandoned buildings and places, you're paying a lot of money. So I'm doing experiments. I'm looking at different things. I'm not so consumed about gathering evidence, which is really data, um, so much as I am looking at things and shaking down things and, and looking at what could be causing all these popular stories and things. But trailing off here, uh, I did share some of my EVP. I do have a little bit of EVP. Uh, it was a question in chat. Um, and if you're not in chat, you're missing out. This is an extra dimension to the show. Uh, during the show, I will share photographs. I used to share links a lot, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm too distracted sometimes with looking at other stuff, but um, I do that as well in the chat room. Uh, so you're missing out. A lot of good conversations going on, a lot of interesting questions popping up as I talk through tonight's show. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to Westerville. Probably not going to share any uh, case data or case information from that, but uh, I'm, I'm really, really more skeptical about my stuff than other people's stuff, and I'm pretty skeptical, skeptical, skeptical about other people's stuff. So when it comes to my EVP that I collect, I'm very harsh on it, and I've caught a few things that I really can't explain. But uh, a lot of that came from working with other people who kind of made that happen. Uh, I feel, but. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, got an update here as well. Just made a note. Uh, I mentioned the 2021 WNC Bigfoot Festival. I don't think it was last week. Might have been a couple of weeks ago. I talked about this. How uh, it was set to take place uh, last week, last weekend, I, I believe. Yeah, the 17th and 18th in uh, Marion, North Carolina. Well, that was postponed. And it had moved to May 27th and May 28th of next year. Uh, but now due to a conflict with Memorial Day, that event will now take place May 13th and 14th. So update your calendar at home if you're interested in going into that. That's a pretty, that's a pretty big uh, conference. There's a lot of people that go to that. Bigfoot uh, is pretty big in North Carolina. Um. I mean, not as big as out west, but that's a pretty big deal. So uh, a lot of people were banking on going to that. And, of course, we're struggling here in the United States with uh, taking care of ourselves, getting vaccinated and wearing our masks. Just, people don't want to do it. So they just want to dump uh, tea in every harbor, I guess. But uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully next year things are uh, a little bit better than they are this year and uh, one last thing, uh, Little Travers Bay Parafest set for October 8th and 9th in uh, Petraski, Michigan. That has been canceled. And I really didn't look too hard on the other events coming up. Uh, this is the big time of the year, the fall, uh, with conferences, conventions. Obviously, you've got uh, Halloween right around the corner. And also, there's a, a big holiday coming this weekend that we'll talk about here in the news that has to do with the paranormal a big event what could that be uh, but we're going to kick it off as we always do encrypted news i don't know why that's just the way it is it's the way i've been doing it since 2008 i don't think i'll ever change now yeah, we'll see maybe one day 
we'll switch it up. Uh, but cryptid news, uh, we're going all the way out to China. So uh, pack uh, more than an overnight bag. It's going to be a long trip. So almost exactly two years ago, almost to the date, on 2019, there were multiple sightings along with photos and the video of a strange-looking creature swimming near the Three Gorges Dam in the Hubei province of China. I remember this. And people were losing their minds over this, thinking that this was – I remember they were claiming this was the Loch Ness Monster in China. Um, I was like, no, I don't think that is. Uh, but the strange-looking creature uh, was quickly dubbed the Three Gorges Water Monster. Not really the most appealing name out there, but uh, nonetheless, it attracted worldwide attention. Uh, everybody was talking about this thing. Some people thought it was real. Uh, but unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, depends on how you look at that, I suppose, the object turned out to be a discarded long piece of rubber that was later picked up downstream from the sightings. And uh, the uh, Three Gorges Dam, that's a whole... That's a whole big problem in and of itself, but uh, it's still a lot of industry to dump a lot of garbage into that uh, that river. And yeah, not a not a really good story behind that. How they had to force people out of their homes to build that. But anyway, we won't go down that that road. Um, so lately, the last few days, uh, I've seen some headlines popping up that the Loch Ness monster was spotted in China. That's an actual headline, and it seemed to indicate that Nessie packed up her bags and and decided to move. Maybe took a trip, went on a holiday, as they say, in the UK. Uh, but no, that's not the case. It's, it's kind of misleading, these headlines. And it's just a way to get people to click on them. And all those little advertisements pop up and some guy in a chair gets, gets money. Well, he gets his company money, I should say. But uh, according to the official Loch Ness Monster Sightings Register, this is the website to watch if you're interested in the Loch Ness Monster. I mean, it's the probably the number two creature in the world, uh, number one by some. Um, I mean, it could be argued neck and neck with Bigfoot, but uh, I think here in the United States, obviously, we don't we don't really care about Nessie. We've got our own water monsters, but uh, Bigfoot is king here in uh, probably North America. Uh, most of it. Um, we don't care about the Loch Ness Monster. But obviously over in the UK, that's the number one monster. They do have their Bigfoot stuff, but you know that's pretty low number two. So the official Loch Ness Monster Sightings Register, which is a website operated by Gary Campbell, uh, the first official sighting of the Loch Ness Monster from China, that's from China, not in China, occurred on September 6th of this year, and the sighting was made via the webcam. Yes, the all-trusting webcam that, uh, yeah, I've said before, looks like a, uh, a potato smeared with grease put in space looking over Loch Ness. It's really, you can't see any details uh, from this. And um, uh, again, I think it's done kind of on purpose. They, they show a, a wide expanse of water so you can see more, uh, but it's also very far away, and I think it's it's kind of by design. So you see any kind of movement or wind or, uh, you know, a duck or a, a deer swimming or a log floating by, and it all looks just like 
the Loch Ness Monster or pixel, pixelization happening uh, with the webcam uh, creates an effect. I've noticed that by watching it. Yes, I've watched the Loch Ness Monster webcam. Usually, I, I, by the time I'm looking at it now, it'd be dark. Well, it's dark here, I suppose, too, but uh, you got to watch it early. you got to watch it early in the morning here in the United States, on the East Coast, at least. Um, yeah, it'd be awful early on the West Coast. You'd have to watch that thing. Anyway, yeah, don't make plans about that. Um, but uh, uh, Wyming Jing spotted the black dot on the screen. So it was uh, really, again, very ambiguous, a black dot, which then became two black dots. That's really exciting. Uh, Then the two dots on the screen then moved on the water for about six minutes. And yes, that's all it takes to have a official Loch Ness Monster sighting in 2021. So if you want to be famous, watch the webcam, take some screen caps or video of uh, Loch Ness with the little black dots and, and you're famous. Get your name all over the place. Um, so again, yeah, the camera sits on a hill overlooking a large expanse of water and it's so far away. I think it's by design. So everything looks ambiguous. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is. Uh, but this marks the ninth webcam sighting of 2021. To go along with five other physical, meaning on-site sightings, uh, which makes a total of 14 official sightings for the year. And one thing I like about it, at least, uh, is that Campbell has separated the webcam and actual sightings this year. So uh, last year was a lot of confusion about the number of sightings and things piling up, but most of it uh, was webcam stuff, and uh, apparently it's that way this year as well. And last year's total was 13, so we've now beaten last year's total with 14. And with a few months left on the calendar, we could see the 21st century record of 18 total sightings set last year challenged. It's, it's possible. This could be a record-setting year. Wow. Imagine that, setting a record of number of times the Loch Ness Monster has been sighted. Well, I'd like to see some more physical stuff. I mean, last year we had hoaxes and, and all kinds of things, but yeah, this webcam stuff is, uh, I don't think is very good. But it does get uh, recognition. People are, are writing about it. It's uh, some of the top articles written out of the UK, at least even though people continuously bash the Loch Ness Monster, saying it's fake and it's not real and it's, it doesn't exist and so on and so forth. But it's still one of the highest clicked stories. That's why they continue to publish this stuff over and over. Yes, what wild times we live in. And speaking of wild, got an update to that wild serval that was seen near San Diego, California. Off and on for the last few weeks, it seems like. Uh, last week, I reported on the story where several sightings of the wildcat created a little bit of concern in Southern California. Uh, people were a little concerned about uh, livestock. It had been attacking things, apparently, and uh, people were a little fearful 
that this thing might uh, attack kids or something, I guess. Little foo-foo puppies or, you know, your little teacup Yorkie that you got running around your backyard, I suppose. Um, the owner actually stepped forward, hoping that the cat would be brought back home as well, which is uh, kind of a positive thing. Generally, people, you know, when they do something that's uh, not very good, they generally kind of keep their head down about it. But you know, the owners stepped forward and let... Uh, everyone knows that the animal had escaped from its home on August 7th, and the owners had expected the worst uh, after looking for the cat named Pharaoh. Probably has a big ears. Uh, they eventually assumed that it had been killed by coyotes. Uh, pack hunters. Uh, the cat was captured over the weekend and is now back home with its owner as of Sunday. Uh, that's really all I've seen anywhere in any news outlet. Uh, so there's no news on if authorities are stepping in to have the cat tested to see if it's in fact a savannah cat or a pure serval. So a savannah cat. Now those are really uh, trendy, um, trendy cats years ago. I think it was a big deal. Like So we've got the wild serval that was uh, seen in San Diego back home with its owner after six weeks on the run. And that makes you wonder, does it want to escape again and live that fun life that it did? Uh, so a nice ending to that story. And speaking of loose cats, people need to pick up their cats. Stop leaving your cat running around the neighborhood. We've got an interesting article uh, at least I found it interesting. Out of the Daily Echo, which is in the county of Dorset in England, the article title is Big Cat Sightings Reported in Dorset. And they get right to the point out there. Uh, Dorset County is located on the southwest area of England along the English Channel. Uh, the question has long been raised about wild cats roaming the English countryside. They call them alien big cats or ABCs. Uh, this has been a topic for a long, long time, uh, 20, 30, 40 years about this stuff ever since. Um, well, well, we'll wrap up the story with that part. Uh, but the article itself points out that wildcats disappeared from the area 
in the 16th century. I guess that was our fault. We hunted them down, uh, took away other land, uh, killed off all their uh, their food, apparently as well. So uh, the news outlet submitted a freedom of information request to the Dorset police asking for the number of reported cat sightings between 2018 and 2020. And it turns out there was uh, only eight big cat sightings turned into police in that time frame in the area that's just over 1,000 square miles. That's a pretty, it's a small chunk there of uh, the United Kingdom of, uh, I guess, well, of England. They're down towards the bottom, if you're looking at a map. Uh, It seems that most of the sightings describe a black panther either roaming the area or, in one case, sitting in a tree. Uh, One case did include what was described as a lion, which could be a mountain lion. We get those a lot here in the United States where people say they they see African lions, but they're really uh, probably mountain lions. Eh, Maybe. Uh, Granted, these could be misidentification of large house cats. Uh, Cats do get kind of big out there. Uh, they don't have the coyote problem and and the uh, you know other things running around eating stuff. Well, maybe they do. Uh, although there is a growing population of feral cats in England, this has uh, been an issue for them for a while. And those feral cats eventually they do grow pretty big. Um, I guess survival of the fittest. But uh, what the article doesn't touch on is what I started to talk about. At the beginning, and that's on the Dangerous Wild Animals Act of 1976 that was uh, created in reaction to the growing number of exotic animals uh, that were being kept as pets in the UK. Uh, looks like we're, li- gosh, we're living in that time again. Everybody wants something. Everybody wants a dangerous animal. They want a tiger. They want a, a serval. They want something to be different. Uh, they want an alligator or, or whatever. I, I don't get it. I'm happy, very happy with my dog. I don't need a wolf. I wouldn't mind a mountain lion, though, now that I think about it. Uh, but I know how dangerous they are. And I, I know that I wouldn't be able to take care of it. I wouldn't be able to, well, I could feed it, but it's just a lot. Why would you want to do that? And uh, not just to that, but that poor animal as well. But uh, yeah, in the, in the 70s and the 60s, it wasn't uh, rare to walk down the streets of uh, London and see somebody walking the. Uh, a big lion or a tiger or maybe even a serval. You thought I was going to say bear. Um, but a lot of people had these pets. And uh, hybrids were also a big thing back then. So maybe that's what we're seeing out there in the wild. Uh, they were being sold uh, within the country and created some very dangerous conditions. Um, and it said that when the law passed, uh, there was a little bit of a window for people to report their animals or be forced to uh, give them up or pay fines. And it's thought that a lot of people just uh, opened the door and kicked it out or drove them out to the countryside and just let them loose, which isn't smart, but we're still seeing that to this day. Uh, We talk about all these alligator sightings, um, and that's just people that can't take care of them that are just dumping them in the countryside. But my question is this. Uh, After 45 years, we would have to see some signs of sustainable populations of these large cats. Uh, You'd think you'd eventually see one struck by a car. That's really 
Unfortunately, that's the indicator we get here uh, in the United States. You think about uh, one of the more famous mountain lions uh, in 2008 that left the Black Hills in uh, South Dakota, traveled all the way across the country, was it 3,000 miles? And ended up uh, getting struck on the Wilbercross Parkway, killed by a, a lady driving a minivan, struck this mountain lion, a little male, and killed it. This thing had made a 3,000-mile journey, almost made it to New York City. I guess maybe he wanted to be on Broadway or something. I'm not sure, but uh, didn't make it because it was struck and killed by a car. And that's uh, unfortunately, that's an indicator sometimes of these uh, these animals. But we've not seen that in the United Kingdom. You know, and why haven't we seen other things? We hear about these large cats, these alien big cats, but we don't see anything else. We don't see wolves or primates. A lot of primates were kept as pets as well. Everybody had a pet monkey, I guess, in the 60s. That was a big thing, too, in the United Kingdom. Not sure why. Don't want to know why. It was just cool. Uh, a lot of locals feel that uh, they've seen these creatures in the wild, although a lot of others also feel that these stories are just that. They're they're just stories. And speaking of the United Kingdom, and uh, speaking of uh, uh, alligators, which I just mentioned, people letting those loose, um, we've heard about the wallabies. Is that last year we talked about that? Uh, wallabies living in the wild, breeding in the wild in the United Kingdom. Uh, there's also rumors of these large cats on the loose like we just talked about, but... There's one thing that I, I don't think I've ever done a story on is a crocodile on the loose in the United Kingdom. Uh, although in early August, a dead crocodile was discovered in a substation on top of a transformer in the United Kingdom. Uh, a local wildlife officer was uh, dispatched to the area, couldn't get in because it was a, a locked gate. But from uh, the vantage point, it looked like it was a crocodile. It was just dead. It scampered in there somehow, climbed the fence, which we know uh, alligators can. And maybe it went under. Who knows? But it went into the locked area and uh, looked like it climbed up and, and died. We got electrocuted. Uh, fried crocodile. Here's pretty good. Uh, but when an engineer entered the area, he quickly discovered it was not a crocodile nor an alligator. Um but he found out it was a realistic toy. A toy. And we've, uh, we've seen those stories quite a bit. Tigers, uh, alligators. Uh, I think we had a lion story like that. Uh, that uh, people see these things in the wild. They think it's really a real creature and it's just a stuffed animal or a blow-up toy. Well, last year, a wildlife photographer claimed to have seen a four-foot-long crocodile in a nature reserve. Uh, he was unable to take a photograph and was ridiculed online. Of course, you know, that never happens. People with uh, comment section never say anything bad about those involved in stories. That's just, wow, that never happens. Uh, but others stepped forward to say that they had also seen the creature uh, this year. And now we have a nurse by the name of Sarah Jean Ellis, who was getting ready to go to bed after a long night shift. So it uh, looks like the daytime. And uh, she was closing her blinds and she happened to look out and saw something large 
and green, a different color green in the grass, a little darker green. And she was a little concerned, a little confused, and she did take a photograph, which I'll share in the chat room. I'm sure you've seen it online if you've heard this story, or you can look it up. Live in the age of Google, where everybody can just, you can talk to your phone, pretty much, and uh, pop stuff up for you. Uh, So, throw that in here. Hopefully this works. Having a little technical problems tonight, but there it is. Uh, You can click on that picture, and it uh, may get a little bit bigger for you. Uh, So, she, uh, yeah, she took this picture, and I don't know about you, but if I took a picture, I saw something like this, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm an adventurous kind of guy. I'd want to get a little closer. I'd want to see this thing, or maybe I'd call the police or somebody. I mean, it looks to me like it's sitting in the grass, and I see a sidewalk. This thing could get out. I might do something, but uh, Sarah did what uh, a lot of people are questioning. She went to bed, and she slept. Uh, Sarah then later on showed her sister-in-law the photographs. Now, well, let me back up. So she, when she woke up, she checked uh, a few hours later, and uh, the animal was gone. Whatever it was, was gone. Uh, Sarah then showed her sister-in-law the photographs, and she seemed to be just as shocked. Um, so what did she do? Well, she uh, apparently she's the one that got the story published and uh, pushed out worldwide. As she appeared in an interview and she said, quote, I was just genuinely in disbelief when she was telling the story. When I saw the picture, I was in disbelief. I thought it was bizarre and a really interesting story, unquote. I'm confused by that. Like This is a potentially dangerous animal on the loose. And all we're caring about is how interesting the story is. I don't know. I just, I'm confused. Maybe my priorities are, are different. Hmm. I don't know. Um, weird. Uh, the creature has now been dubbed the Castleford Croc. It's kind of hard to tell from the picture. And, I mean, you, you kind of look at the, the tail from the back. The only thing you can really tell is the tail. So... Uh, on an alligator, they have uh, basically like a spine that runs down the back of the tail. And a uh, crocodile, they have two like bars coming down. So it could be a crocodile. It's kind of hard to tell in the picture. I blew, blew it up and kind of looked at it. But either way, it doesn't matter what the heck this thing is, uh, unless it's a stuffed animal. Uh, but uh, gosh, I, don't, I just can't understand why you would not call police or call somebody or warn people something. But uh, again, uh, the woman, uh, she, she's a nurse, so she worked long hours. So apparently, you know, that's you just when you're, uh, you know, maybe she just didn't think much of it. Um, I mean, I, I suppose, suppose she's very tired. Uh, but for me, I wonder who owned this alligator and where were they keeping it or a crocodile, whatever it is. And they're not going to travel too far. I'm surprised it hasn't been reported Again, in that area, if it is real. Um, yeah, I know. The The best way to, to determine if it's an alligator or a crocodile is if it's going to 
see you after a while or in a little bit, however that thing goes. You guys know. Um, so I don't know. That was uh, yesterday, so we'll kind of see how that thing plays out. I mean, I'll call somebody. Animal control, police, helicopter, SWAT team, something. To see an alligator running around my backyard, my neighbor's yard, it's a little concerning. Not only for the public, but for the poor animal. And I don't know. To me, you know, I get it. You know, nurses are, you know, it's a very stressful job. They work long hours. And probably ready to pass out. I get it. I totally get it. But this is a wild animal that doesn't belong. Could potentially hurt people. And if you're a nurse, isn't protecting people from getting hurt your job? I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too far into this. Uh, but it does look like, you know, it could be three feet, four feet long. Could be bigger. It's hard to tell. I don't think it's really too big. I don't think it's, I don't think it's five or six feet, but still. Uh, if it's three feet or longer, it's it's a, a danger to animals, at least, or small children. So, again, being near a sidewalk, some kids riding by a little, little bicycle, that's potentially dangerous. Um, and certainly wouldn't want to wake up and find out that this thing that I spotted uh, injured somebody or caused harm. But anyway, it is what it is. We'll see uh, if it's seen again. And let's see. Speaking of seeing again, we have uh, in ghost news, we've got uh, this Saturday case you've uh, missed out the last few years this saturday make some plans get together go uh go somewhere get some equipment go hang out with somebody because the saturday september 25th is the national ghost hunting day it's a day where teams will simultaneously investigate ghosts all over the world uh, not as if this doesn't happen already especially on saturdays Friday nights and Saturdays probably the number one time when people are out anyway. And, of course, this time of the year when Halloween comes around, everybody becomes ghost investigators anyway. Um, you know, even that term, ghost hunting, a lot of people don't like it. You're not really hunting ghosts. You're not going to capture it. You're not going to stab it. You're not going to shoot it with a bow. Uh, anyway, the event started in 2016 by the promoters of Scarefest in Lexington, Kentucky, and it continues on. They've got their own official website, so it's got to be legit. Uh, this year, they're going to broadcast 15 hours of live stream and investigations from all over the world, including eight locations uh, all over the world here. And two of them I've actually been to, Waverly Hills and Ohio State Reformatory. Should I say the Ohio State Reformatory? Is that offensive? If I do or don't say that, people in Ohio get a little weird about you don't say the the uh, the part. Well, I guess that's only for the school, but why not the reformatory? You should do that too. Uh, this is part of the National Ghost Hunting Day, where uh, they state the world's largest ghost hunt is conducted. So, on National Ghost Hunting Day, you have the world's largest ghost hunt. They've been doing that every year too. It's just confusing. Confusing. Um, 
it's not really the largest ghost hunt. It's different places. So it's not like, you know, I imagine when I first heard about that, the world's largest ghost hunt, I imagined like 10,000 people cramming into a building. And I've been to, uh, actually my first trip to the Ohio State Reformatory or Mansfield Reformatories, uh, what I call it. Uh, yeah, there was probably 300 people jammed in that building. And um, unfortunately, most of them were in the uh, the cell block areas. So it's very, very... Uh, 300 people doesn't sound like much, but you jam them into a place like that. And again, most of them were concentrated in the east and west uh, cell block areas. So it was you really couldn't do much. It just, I remember just kind of... I was confused. I didn't know anything about this stuff. I think I just kind of sat there and just watched people walk around. I was just observing the people, how they were just talking to the to the walls and staring at equipment. And I think that kind of opened my eyes to what I was about to get into in the ghost field. But um, the events will also cover the, uh, and this is controversial to me too, the Brand Castle. So Brand Castle, home of Dracula, which it's billed as, they keep billing it as that too, which it's not true. It's First of all, Dracula is a fictional character, although based on a real person, Vlad the Impaler, um, which didn't have anything to do with that castle. Uh, but uh, Bram Stoker, who wrote the book, may not even have known about the castle. And if you read, actually read the book, take the time and read it. Don't watch uh, some 80s spinoff of uh, Dracula or vampires. Um, unless it's the 90s and it's Blade. It's different. That's a cool show. That's a cool movie. I like that. Um, but the castle itself differs immensely, um, Brown Castle, than what's in the book of Dracula. It's totally different. Anyway, uh, they also cover the Conjuring House and a lot of other locations. So if you want to watch this stuff, uh, you can watch it. You can stream it during the day from, you know, you just sit there in, uh, on your couch, and shovel popcorn, and, and watch it suppose if you have a smart tv uh or you can go to nationalghosthuntingday.com or use hashtag national ghost hunting day on saturday and see who else is doing stuff maybe somebody's around down the street uh, maybe you can jump in maybe somebody's paying for something and uh, you can pay a little bit too and join in on one of these investigations that's how a lot of people start out uh, we used to uh we'd run out of place and uh allow other groups or we join up with other groups to save a little bit of cash to go into some of these places. Um, that's an economical way of doing it. So it's ridiculous how much money you spend nowadays going to these places where when I first started out, uh, these places were contacting us, inviting us out, bribing us with free pizza and a place to stay. And now they're charging $800 basically for six hours for up to like 10 people. It's crazy how things have changed, but that'll happen when you have uh, an enormous amount of people of, uh, you know, interest in this field nowadays versus what it was uh, 20 years ago. It seems like everybody's doing this now since 2004 when uh, Ghost Hunters TV show came out. That's really when it exploded, but it was already blowing up before that. Don't let that uh, 
steer you wrong. A lot of people think the TV show started it all, but the TV show is in reaction to the popularity of the field blowing up already thanks to the Internet, which is what helps uh, bring this show to you every Tuesday sometimes, except for tonight, apparently. Uh, in other news, um, this is a really scary story. This is, uh, you know, I started talking about this at the beginning of the show, and I, I tell you, I lost a little sleep. I uh, was walking my dog, and I was thinking about all the movies I've seen where this goes wrong and how uh, this doesn't really work out for anybody in the end. Well, you know, it's just movies and science fiction, apparently, but now it's becoming a reality. And yikes. Um, it's not necessarily paranormal. I haven't seen it show up in in any paranormal news sites, but of course, well, I guess it did come out a, a few weeks ago now that I'm looking at it. Um, but uh, it's more like science fiction, like I said, but it creeps me out a lot. It's a really a bad idea. Let's just not do this. Uh, Singapore is testing two autonomous robots that are going to patrol the streets. Kind of like cops, robotic cops. Uh, they're going to be in areas with high foot traffic. Uh, the robots will be attempting to detect bad social behavior. Yes, and I hear an eruption of, of, of laughter. Uh, can you imagine that in the United States? I think would have a it would short circuit. Um, like Johnny, yeah. Johnny Nine, whatever his name was. Uh, it would short circuit right there in the street in any street here in the United States after detecting bad social behavior. Uh, in a statement, Singapore's home team science and technology agency said the behaviors include openly disregarding COVID-19 safety measures, smoking in prohibited areas, and improper parking of bicycles. Oh, geez, that's horrible. Uh, among other things. I uh, don't really see too many bicycles used here, but Singapore a uh, small island nation, so that's uh, probably a bigger deal than it is here. It's not fair to compare countries like that. Uh, totally different situation there, but uh, their crime is a lot lower than the United States. So, uh, yeah, bad social behavior is something that they look out for. Um, they don't have as much stuff that we do here in the United States. Uh, the two patrol rob uh, robots... They're named Javier. I don't know why you'd name two different robots the same name. It's got to be confusing when they're uh, getting powered up or going goodnight or whatever they do. I don't know what they do. Uh, they have cameras that detect this bad social behavior and trigger real-time alerts to the command and control center. Uh, that said, during the three-week trial, three weeks these things are going to be roaming the streets. Uh, the robots are going to be used for surveillance as well as displaying messages to educate the public on proper behavior. Uh, the robots would not be used for law enforcement during a trial. Um, yeah, so yikes. Can you imagine that? Again, in the United States, that would just, uh, people would be running these things over with cars. Uh, they'd probably be stealing them, uh, rewiring them to do taxes or I don't know what else. You, you do with these things. Um, I, I'm not sure, but they probably teach it to swear. I, I don't know. They probably, yeah, reconfigure the uh, 
the display to display angry messages or stuff about people's mothers or things. I don't know. People are just really weird here in the United States. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it would work here. But there, I, I think it's a lower crime and people a little bit more open-minded to what's going on around them. Uh, I think I think that was going to work out fine, but it's still scary. I don't care what you say. Uh, I cannot imagine robots replacing people with every job, especially police. I mean, I've seen RoboCop. It doesn't end well. It doesn't end well. Uh, the agency added, quote, the deployment of Javier will support the work of public officers as it will reduce the manpower required for foot patrols and improve operation efficiency, unquote. That right there is what I'm talking about. You cannot replace people with robots. Granted, when this gets out, uh, what people really here haven't, I haven't heard much about it. I haven't seen uh, too many headlines here in the United States about it, but uh, I'm pretty sure once they hear about it, people are going to say, hey, you know, maybe we need that. Maybe we need robots that aren't going to do uh, bad things to people, that aren't going to make snap decisions, that are not going to be affected by adrenaline. But, uh, you know, if we have autonomous robots that learn or use artificial intelligence or things like that, then uh, I think we're going to end up with uh, worse things that happen. Or if they're making judgments on the street corner as to what to do, how to react, I don't think that ends well for people. At all, uh, or society for that matter. I don't want to see it. Uh, currently, Singapore has 100,000 police cameras uh, around the city, which eh, I guess that's pretty good. Uh, and by 2030, Singapore, uh, the Home Affairs Minister states they will double that amount. So 200,000 police cameras in the city. Again, can't imagine them, uh, you know, making that uh, official here in the United States. Although people would be surprised to find out how many cameras are watching you here in the United States. And uh, yeah, if you're like me, when I was reading this, every single line, I thought, gosh, I, I just can't see that happening here. I can't see happening that uh, anywhere in the United States, uh, any part of this. Um, but we'll see. Um, haven't heard much from this. It's, it happened uh, early September. So that uh, three-week trial should be wrapping up pretty soon. So we'll – it's on my little list. I have a little list here of stories to follow up on, and I want to follow up on that to see how that turns out and if any countries are interested in that. These things look like – they almost kind of look like the Johnny, the Johnny Five little robots from Short Circuit. They're just little square things. They don't look like, you know, like people, like androids walking around. That would really be scary. Uh, they almost look like the, the bomb detection things, which is really scary to see one of those rolling down the street. Um, but again, Singapore, a different country. I think people are a little bit more open to this. And I don't know, bad social behavior. It's kind of a wide open topic. But uh, again, we'll see how the public. Uh, I don't think this is so much about the technology as it is about the, how the public is going to look at this thing, but it scares me that they're thinking about replacing people. It's going to reduce manpower. Uh, but I guess if that's all they do is walk around and chastise people for parking their bikes wrong, uh, that maybe it's going to work out fine. Um, but we'll see. And we'll find out what happens 
with that story. So uh, to those listening live in the chat room, I apologize. We had a little snafu, which is uh, wonderful because that shows that we are live here on the air each and every Tuesday. Well, most Tuesdays uh, on the show. Uh, but I do apologize for a little snafu having to wait and kind of had to edit show on the go, which is fine with me uh, cutting some stuff out of here. Uh, very unimportant things, but uh, wrap the show up on time, which is important. Get you guys to bed. I know I need my beauty sleep. I'm not saying that you guys do, but uh, yeah, robots. I'm going to dream about evil robots. Um, yeah, there was a robot that killed a person. That just happened. This year, I believe. Spooky. That's happening. I'm telling you. We keep giving them more and more power. We're going to hear about it. Uh, so, again, I will see you next week. Let's hope. Uh, but for now, keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, the hair standing on the back of your neck, and always keep your mind slightly ajar. And above all else, don't stop. Believe in. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Ryan D. Parsons reporting. <laughs>